Hi, and welcome to the morning lesson. I'm Miss Laura, and I'm so happy to be sharing with you a Norse story, perfect for the fourth grade. This is one of Freya's stories. It happened long ago, before anyone really could remember, when the worlds were still being created and the dark elves were discovering the secrets of the earths below. The iron ores and the bronze and the tins and the copper ores, the silvers and the gold. It was when there were they were discovering the rubies and the emeralds, the diamonds, and all of the other beautiful stones buried deep within Mother Earth herself. The dwarves uh, traveled from world to world to find different amazing metals and gems. And in their homes at Swatelheim, they would stoke their furnaces and pound the metals into amazing and magical items. You remember that the dwarves made Drupnir, the armband of Odin, which drops golden rings every few days. They made Odin's spear, Gungnir, that flies true and always hits its target. They made the bristled boar that Frere flies about on and the boat that folds up and can fit in your pocket and unfold and sail through the air, the sea, and the land. They made Thor's hammer, the glorious Molnir, the savior of the Asgardians and the protector of Midgard. They also made Freya's necklace. It was, well, it was in those days, and Freya wanted something beautiful, something magical for herself. She went to the dwarves, the four dwarves who lived in the Breezling land. Freya asked them to make her a necklace, a wondrous necklace full of magic and power. The four dwarves spoke to each other in their own language, debating, arguing, agreeing, disagreeing, until finally they turned and said yes, they would make Freya such a necklace, a wondrous magical necklace, but it would take more power than they possessed alone. They would make Freya the most wonderful necklace that would make her absolutely irresistible. It would transform her into the most beautiful woman, no matter who looked upon her. Freya smiled. That is exactly the kind of magic I want, said the goddess of love. The price, however, was high. Each of the dwarves wanted to love Freya. Each of the four dwarves wanted her to spend one night with them. Now for wisdom, Odin had plucked out his eye and it is at the bottom of Mimir's well. For love, her brother gave up his sword that could fight for itself and shone like the sun. Freya knew that things worth having were worth sacrifices. She agreed to the price the dwarves set and for four nights she stayed there in the land of Swatterheim with the men of Breesing. She loved each of the dwarves as only the goddess of love could. 
The dwarves used her magic in their work for her. Without her love and her magic, the necklace would have no power at all. Loki had seen Freya leave Asgard and wondered where she was going. He followed her as he often did. He followed her cart pulled by the two large cats who were always with her. He kept far back as he followed, disguised as a horse, one of his favorite ways to travel. Loki had fallen in love with her, as most of the gods and goddesses did. Freya was a true friend, and she was a good companion in a fight. She was the goddess of love and war. She knew magic and could cast all the best spells. She taught Odin magic, and that is how he came to know it, too. How his wisdom grew was from her. I suppose that's why the Breesing Dwarves wanted her magic as well, so that they could lay it into the marvelous necklace. Loki followed her and saw what had happened. He went right to Odin. He told Odin everything he had seen. Odin became jealous, and his heart felt betrayed. He told Loki to bring him the necklace of the Brinsinga. Loki turned himself into a fly and buzzed his way into Freya's hall. He flew into her room where she slept, and as she lay on her back, the clasp of the necklace was behind her neck. He could not just slip it off of her, so instead he bit her on the cheek as a fly, and when he bit her and pierced her little cheek, she rolled over and rubbed her cheek hard. Loki slipped the necklace off of her then and flew out as quickly as he could. He took the necklace to Odin, and in the morning Freya woke up and found her necklace was gone. She knew it was Loki. She knew he followed her around. She knew he was in love with her. She just didn't know why he would steal from her. She went straight to Odin, the All-Father. Your friend Loki, your blood brother, has stolen my necklace from me. Odin pulled the necklace from his cloak and asked, This necklace, Freya? I know how you got this necklace, Freya, and if you wish to have it back, then you will do me a great kindness. Freya angered. What do you wish, all father, O oh, wise one? She replied with iron in her voice. What could you possibly need from me? Odin smiled and replied, I need for you to cast a spell. I have been plagued by dreams, wicked dreams. I've dreamt of the end of days. I have dreamt of wars. I have dreamt of monsters. And Freya, you and I will need warriors. Our halls will need to be full. In Midgard, there are two kings. I wish you to cast a spell upon them so that they fight and fight and fight 
on the battlefield, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years, forever. I do not care. Let them fight until we have enough warriors for our great battle that is yet to come. Freya thought about this, for the wise one often dreamt true. She agreed. The spell was then cast. Down on Midgard, the two kings waged war, endless, bloody war. The Valkyries swooped down and took the dead warriors where they fell, back to Asgard each day. They met Freya and Odin. Freya always had her first choice of the warriors who had fallen, and they would go and live in her hall, Volkswagner. And the other half of the warriors would go and live in Valhalla with Odin. They all had a wonderful time, for they were already dead. They ate and drank and fought all day for fun. They thought nothing of hacking each other's arms and legs off because they were just stuck their limbs back on again anyways. And to them, it was hilarious. In this way, the warriors stayed prepared for the day when Odin's terrible nightmare was to come true. One day, as they were dividing the warriors, Freya turned to Odin and said, All Father, we should learn more about this dream. You should conjure up a seer and speak with one who can truly see the future. This story can be told in a variety of different ways. It can emphasize what Freya has to do to get her necklace uh, made. And I like to think about her having her own autonomy, for she was a powerful goddess in her own way. And the stories are often twisted a bit to, to make it a bad thing that she sacrifices herself for this thing that she wants. And I think that that just comes to us tainted through some cultural pieces. Um, I, I love this story because it gives us an opportunity to further discuss what, what choices we make in the world and what kinds of things we sacrifice to get our own goals uh, accomplished and our own, our own, um, you know, things out in the world that we want. What what are we willing to give of ourselves for them? And uh, this this is just a wonderful uh, story to open up conversation. And I hope you I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, until next time, bye.